podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Hawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alfstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawks fans, welcome back to the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, and I'm here, as always, with Mr. Keith Myers. Keith, we're doing our uh, fourth annual mock draft show today. Fourth annual. That... That's just that right there. Uh, fourth annual, which means how long we've been around with this show. But yeah, it's our mock draft show. So I've got a mock draft done. You've got a mock draft done. Hopefully everyone will listen and see who we picked. Um, it's fun. These are, this show is one of the fun funnest ones we do all year. Um, so I hope you all enjoy and it. And we recorded later in the day just so we could have a beverage together. Absolutely. Because this is a... Yeah, which we haven't we haven't done for a while. We've been recording in the morning a lot. And so it's, yeah. been, a, it's been a coffee kind of show. And, exactly. Um, no, this one this one is better done in the afternoon, so that way. Um, nice. Yeah, a different. Yeah, kind I've of got a uh, I've got a raspberry tinged margarita, and you've got a couple beers going. I've got. Um, they're both from Pelican Brewing, which is out on nice. out on the Oregon coast. One is a white Russian inspired milk stout, and the other one is their export stout. So a couple of dark beers, a couple of good beers, and um, yeah, that's my. My go-to for today, and let's go ahead and um, yeah. jump into the show. So we, we use the Pro Football Network's Mock Draft Simulator. That's uh, uh, Tony Pauline's website and big board. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, every big board out there, we talked about this before we started, uh, every big board out there is a little different. Um, you know, the CBS aggregated, I think we both agree, is pretty decent, but uh, we didn't use that when we went with Tony uh, Pauline's for this. It's a pretty decent draft simulator. Um, it allows some really fairly decent and even trading. Uh, we both used the Rich Hill uh, draft value chart to make sure that we were um, mostly aligned with that. I think we uh, we agreed that we would trade back one time in this draft uh, to pick up additional picks. And we both did that. Uh, we did that in different parts of the draft. So that'll make it a little bit more interesting and maybe give us some different, different value pockets within the draft. Uh, so it's unlikely that we probably have the same exact players uh, throughout. So it'll be uh, a few more players to talk about as this thing goes along. Um, I happen to stay at 27 uh, in, in my first pick. And I'm going to go first because of that. Keith was able to trade down out of his first pick. So he'll go second and we'll go from there. I fully intended Keith to uh, take that 27th pick and trade back. That was my plan uh, going into this thing the whole time. And I uh, I got to 20. I actually paused the draft at 20 because I wanted to see if I could, if there was a weird thing where I could trade up uh, to get a player. I didn't know which player I would target but maybe i thought simmons or somebody would be there and i'd shock everybody and trade up and go grab somebody nobody was really there i was willing to trade up for so i let the draft continue it paused at 27 and i was extremely pleased that there was a player there i just had no idea that i would have an opportunity to get that's why i stayed there um so my entire draft plan went out the window and i picked 
K. Levon Chason. Whoa, with, really? With the 27th pick wow. in the 2020 draft. Unbelievable. I, you know, it's just one of those things. And so in, in real life, uh, the Falcons are at 16. Um, they did sign Fowler in the, in the, uh, in the off season as a free agent, but they let Beasley go. And so they've got a little bit of a need there, but they also needed a corner and an interior uh, linebacker guy. So they took Patrick queen in this draft. And then, uh, the Cowboys were also looking at him, uh, Clayson, uh, chase at 17, and uh, they have been tied to C.J. Henderson, the cornerback, for quite a while. And they made that selection. So Chason fell. Um, wow. And it was just weird because there was quarterbacks going and uh, offensive tackles. And um, it, was, it was nuts. And, and there he was. Yep. And, so, and I was like, he, oh, oh, my goodness. Elite, this pick is like the perfect Leo yep. for the Seahawks. An elite... Um, weak side uh pass rusher just dropped into your lap at 27 and there's no way you're trading down yeah when, when you're looking at that so well, i mean think shaq barrett um this guy's an, uh, more athletic um who, who was our guy keith just i i got screwed up i had him and then i cliff lost Averill. Him. cliff Averill. so he's a more athletic cliff Averill at 6'4 254 ran a uh four five nine on a youtube video hand clocked Four five nine at that size is is tremendous. Um, his red flag for me was that he has thirty two and a quarter inch arms, so he's slightly uh, short armed, but he's got such long, broad shoulders that he's got an over an eighty inch wingspan yeah. overall. Uh, so he's got the length. The weird thing, Keith, he was nineteen years old at the start of the two thousand nineteen. Uh, college football season. He's Mm -hmm. literally 20 years old. He won't turn 21 until September. So he's very young. He's only played in less than 30 collegiate games. Um, So his production is okay. He had a ACL uh, in the opening game of the 2018 season. So he's got that little medical thing. That's probably why he fell a little bit, but the upside there, Keith is just tremendous, tremendous closing birth. He's got the great dip and bend combined with the speed to get around the edge. He's a thumper in the run game, actually a better run defender right now coming into his first pro season as he is in a pass rusher. If you can believe that sideline to sideline speed, smooth, explosive, Dude, I'm so happy. Yeah, that would be a great pick. Um, in my draft, um, the you were talking about the you know the Falcons maybe p- picking him at 16. They traded up to nine in my draft and took Derek Brown, the defensive tackle out of Auburn, um, with uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars trading you know back and ending up at 16, and they got Tua Tagliavoa um, at 16, which would have been a steal. Wow, wow, yeah. Um, and then uh, your guy. Um, Kalevi and Chason went 21 to the Eagles. So yeah. you got him six picks later than he went in, uh, in my simulation. This so. is the very first time I've run a draft simulation where he's been there. And, and when this happened, when, you know, when I, I knew that this was going to be my mock. And so I was really careful the rest of the way, just to make sure that I had a decent draft and it, it, it was, it was crazy. So mm-hmm. Okay, Keith. Okay. Uh, top top that. Okay. Um, that's going to be hard to top, but here's what happened. So I'm at, sitting at 27. 
And the only person that I thought about picking uh, if they were there would have been like Austin Jackson, the uh, offensive tackle out of. And he um, was there? No. Uh, <laughs> at 127. I'm saying that's what I, what, what I was. Otherwise, I was going to trade down. Of course, I never thought that someone like Chase Hunt wouldn't even possibly be there at 27. Um, and of course, he wasn't in my draft. So um, I had a feeling I'm like, there's one guy. Otherwise, I'm moving back. And I so I traded uh, pick 27, traded down three spots with Green Bay to pick 30. In that, I picked up um, picks 136, 175, and 236. So that's a... Um, and what was the value chart uh, numbers on that? So I gave up 680 points. I um, got back 682. So it was really close to even. Very close. Um yeah. Nice. And so, yeah, so I gave up. That's uh, great. I moved back three spots. I got a fourth, um, a fifth and a seventh, uh, basically filling in the fifth and seventh that we didn't have. I got an extra fourth all day. Um, and so I filled in the draft as far as like, you know, the, the big gaps, which are the fifth and the seventh where the six don't have picks. I got those also added another fourth, which gave me three picks really close together at the end of the round four. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, and all I had to do is move back three picks and looking at the players that um, were that went in those picks. Uh, there was one guy who honestly I didn't expect to be there, but I uh, and that would have been Trayvon Diggs, the cornerback out of Alabama. That was who uh, Green Bay traded up to get. Um, A.J. Epinesa, uh, the defensive end out of Iowa. Um, wow, that would have been interesting. Went to Baltimore. And then Jonathan Taylor, the running back uh, from Wisconsin, went to uh, the Titans, which I thought was weird given their current running game. But um, yeah, so anyways, th- those are the players I missed out on. And the player that I ended up getting was a guy that honestly, he was there at 30. This is a player that could go top 10 and that would be Josh Jones, the offensive tackle out of Houston. Ooh, nice. nice. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about like being shocked that a guy was sitting there at 30. That would have been him. I, I was expecting him to go, you know, top 10, top 15, and for him to go 30. I mean, we're talking about an elite left tackle prospect, great feet, uh, good play strength. I mean, this is a guy who is a got franchise left tackle written all over him. Um, and, you know, he is, he played at Houston, smaller school, so he won more with his athletic ability than with, um, you know, pure technique because he's against weaker competition. So he'll p- play on the right side uh, as a rookie while uh, Dwayne Brown is still in town yeah. um, and then shift over. But, I mean, this is the future left tackle um, protecting Russell Wilson's uh, blind side for, well, from starting next, a year from now until uh, Wilson retires. Nice. Yeah, I like it. I mean, he's got all that left tackle experience at Houston. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you're right. I think he does probably, uh, he is kind of a left tackle size-wise. He's going to have to get a chance to get in the NFL and in the, in the strength building programs that they offer and build up some strength, play on the right side. He's got all of the athletic ability he needs to play on that side. Probably a better pass blocker right now than he is a run blocker. Uh, but that that right tackle spot will give him the opportunity to work on that. And then the transition opportunity over to the left would be good. Yeah. In the draft, people have Austin Jackson and Josh Jones kind of ranked right there together. Like who's the fourth or fifth best 
uh, offensive tackle in this draft, and they're, those guys are it. Um, great pick. I mean, I think the value right there at 30 for this would be great. And we talked about the strategy of picking a tackle or an interior uh, offensive lineman or just offensive line in general for the Seahawks at this pick because of the value that it, that it provides and it allows the draft to kind of flow a little better later on the way that the big boards are kind of stacked up. So good yeah. pick. Keith. So, and, and for me, like, um, you know, Ezra Cleveland, uh, went before him and this is a guy who is, mm, uh, very I one dimensional, um, you know, in terms of, his I don't playing. like, I don't like Cleveland's, uh, length. Yeah. I, I don't think he'd, he'd be a good fit for the Seattle Seahawks. He, anyway, He isn't, he isn't a good fit for Seattle, but, um, I think he's, he's kind of a, uh, more of an effetti type guy, but, um, you know, Jones, his feet and his mobility and his uh, lateral quickness, he's built to be a zone blocking lineman for the run game. And then, you know, a left tackle for the passing game. And just to me, it was just a no brainer with him sitting there uh, to go get one of the better players in the draft. Nice. I like it. Okay. So the first picks up on the board. Uh, Keith was able to get Josh Jones offensive tackle from Houston. And I lucked into chase on, uh, the edge rusher from LSU. Um, so on my second pick, I traded back. So why don't you take this one and then I'll do the trade. So the next pick is, uh, 59 then, uh, which is where you traded back. And I went and after having, we know going into this, the Seahawks are going to load up on defense, and they especially need pass rush. So after picking an uh, an offensive player in the first round, I had to go defense here. I had to go pass rusher, and Joshua Uche, outside linebacker for Michigan, nice. was there. This is a guy who is extremely athletic, can do anything, he can be a Sam linebacker and cover and, and set the edge. He can come up, put his hand on the ground as a Leo and rush. Um, very athletic, very quick twitch uh, kind of guy and will be great at getting around the corner uh, on that weak side. And uh, yeah, that was my, having him there just made life, you know, convenient. That's, that's tremendous really. And the only really knock on him, Keith, and this whole thing that kind of puts him back into that range is the fact that he's only six one. But to me, that doesn't affect him because he's got 33 and a quarter inch arms. So he's very long. Well, he's also, and and, and he's also twitched up. He's also going to be a guy who, uh, it doesn't have to go up and put his hand on the ground and line up against the big, uh, offensive tackles, you know, helmet to helmet. He's going to be, you know, off the line of scrimmage, you know, a yard lining up more as a linebacker. Is this is a Bruce moving. Irvin type guy. Yeah, absolutely. This is very much a Bruce Irvin type guy. Um, and so he can line up in, in anywhere. He can move around. They can come from different angles. Um, and so I don't see the, the, the six one issue being an issue because you can have him attack from all different spots mm-hmm. rather than just lining up with his hand on the ground next to, or, you know, just outside of the offensive tackle. Yeah, no, I think that's a fine pick right there at uh, 259 overall. Um, so, and I'm glad you, get, you got your pass rusher at this point in the draft. I mean, that's really important to kind of knock that out of the way, especially after the offensive tackle. Those are those are two quality picks. So with mine, I was shocked at the, at the 27th pick not being able to trade down and get all the value that I wanted to get. But at 259... I tried to get as much as I could, so I moved back slightly further than I wanted to. So I went from 259, uh, traded with the Los Angeles Chargers, 
for the uh, 71st overall pick, so it's right at the top of the third round. Uh, the Chargers send 371. They also sent the uh, fifth round pick 151 overall, the sixth round 186, and the seventh round 220. So I was able to get to the top of the fifth round. We didn't have a fifth round pick. The top of the sixth round and the top of the seventh round. As far as the trade values were concerned, um, I traded away uh, 90.84 in value and received back 87.68 in value. So I was a little... Uh, under the water there uh, as far as the trade value was concerned. But I thought getting up to the front of the fifth, sixth, and seventh round um, and being in the seventh and fifth round was worth it for me uh, just so that I could get into those different pockets of value that I I didn't have before the draft. And it really kind of set me up for everything else. So to me, it was totally worth it. Um, So uh, I'll go first with my 64th pick. We kept that one. So we still had the second second round pick at 264 overall. And again, I think I lucked into something really special here. You covered him uh, in one of our previous uh, defensive um, lead up to the draft shows. Um, At pick 264, I chose Jeremy Chin, safety, Southern Illinois, 6'3", 221 pounds, and a 4'4", 540. Keith, I couldn't believe he was sitting there right there. I thought for sure he would go earlier. And this is probably the very back end of where he would go, at least on the big boards that I've seen. Um, but if he's available there, it's hard for me to imagine the Seahawks would allow him to go because of his hybrid diversity. I mean, here's a guy that has experience playing slot corner, outside corner. In fact, he took the most snaps uh, as a in a position group as outside corner in his junior year, you were right. The other uh, week when we talked about it and you thought he kind of comps to Richard Sherman. Yeah. Um, he yeah, played I mean, outside I, corner his junior year. Yep. And, you know, he's, he's listed as a safety, but man, I got to tell you, his athletic profile is a pure Seahawk cornerback, um, an outside cornerback, not a slot guy, but he, um, you know, they, they made the conversion with, um, with flowers and, uh, you know, chin is a better athlete. He's taller, he's longer, yeah. he's quicker, he's faster. Um, he, he's stronger. Yeah. I mean, and, et cetera. and, and just as good of a tackler, um, he's better. He's a better tackler. Yeah. I mean, he's a better tackler than Trey Flowers. Flowers is a really good tackler for a cornerback. He's a really good fl- uh, tackler, but man, is this guy's got the size, speed, athletic ability. He's aggressive in the box. Mm-hmm. We're talking, he can play single high, he can play in the box. He played in a system where there was a lot of cover two, cover three, scheme fit for Seattle. Uh, he had a Zoom meeting with the Seahawks after the combine. Mm-hmm. So I know the Seahawks are very interested. Um, he plays fast, so he plays to his speed. Um, he said he even trained uh, in training. He was even faster than he ran at the combine on his 10 and 20-yard splits. He said he can jump as high as 44 inches. He had a 41-inch vertical at the combine. He says that his 10-yard, he, he's had a 1.50 10-yard split and a 4.4040. Um, dude. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, he played at a smaller school. But he played, um, he played, he dominated yes, at he that did. level. Yep. And then he played, um, you know, at a, at a bowl game and he, and he looked great. He's also Steve Atwater's uh, nephew. 
So Steve Atwater's uncle, hmm. his, his Hall of Fame safety, Steve Atwater for the Denver Broncos is his uncle. Crazy, Which, huh? In in my draft, Jeremy Chin went forty six to the Broncos. Um, wow! But that's wow. Eight, so I got great value. That there. was eighteen picks later that you got Chin. I mean, he wasn't even like he wasn't even available or anywhere near of available where the Seahawks had a pick because he was you know, well long gone uh, before I I took uh, Uche. Um, yeah, that was a great pick. Um, and so, okay, so then at 64, uh, I was sitting here watching, and I'm watching all these people uh, drop and drop. And um, But then uh, Zuninga, the defensive end, goes out at 55. Um, you know, Raekwon Davis went out at 56. And I'm like, oh, no, you know, here comes, you know, some of those guys. I, I managed to get Uche, but I was really hoping to, hoping to double up. Um, on defensive linemen, you know, between 59 and 64. And then um, Neville Gallimore went 63, which I think was, uh, it was, oh, I'm like, oh, I really wish I could have gotten him. But I don't, I don't think that's real. He's going to go top 40. He's got to, I mean, he's just good. Uh, But, but Gallimore going there left um, uh, Justin Matabuke. Uh, the defensive tackle out of Texas A&M sitting there at 64 and that's like, I like him better anyway than Gallimore. Uh, so yeah, I, I like Gal, Gal I think Gallimore is a little more refined. Uh, so you're going to get more out of him in, in year one, but um, you know, uh, Matabuk is a, a guy who with more potential, he's got a higher upside. I'll give you that. But, but he's longer too. Yeah. I mean, he's, and he's, Seahawks really like that. He's not, He's not huge for a defensive tackle. He's like 293. Um, so people will say he's a little undersized, but he plays the run really, really well on the inside. Uh, yeah. he's a I had t- him as my third third ranked defensive tackle in this draft, Keith, behind Kinlaw. Yeah. So he's a he's a three tech, um, and he's a guy that can hold his own against the run there. He uh has first step first step explosiveness, which is crazy for a guy his size. Um he's a natural born pass rusher, although his pass rush moves, um, meaning the use of his hands and that kind of stuff aren't there yet. He needs coaching in that regards, but athletically everything he needs to be to be a great interior pass rush is right there, ready to go. He just needs to learn how to, how to use his hands a little better and he'll be dominant. So, um, I really like the idea of getting, uh, an interior pass rusher, um, at 64 after getting my edge rusher uh, at 59. And I think with those two picks, I just souped up the pass rush, something fierce. Oh, and you added nice speed on the interior there. I really like the three tech pick of Justin Matabu. Okay. The defensive tackle out of Texas A&M. I mean, that would have, that's a great pick. I like that pick. That's tremendous value at that spot too. And I think that really helps the defensive line and combined with Uche, like you said, dude, knocked it out of the park. Those three picks right there made your draft. I don't care what comes next. Yeah. That's, that's a nice little trifecta. Yeah. Those so, three, those in th- there. And I know they're, they're not as sexy because, you know, um, linemen, you know, the big uglies aren't, aren't sexy, but an offensive tackle that can uh, play left tackle and be that guy. And, a couple of pass rushers, one of which interior, one of which edge. I mean, those are the type, that's the type of thing where you can bring in and see yeah. instant impact. So I, I was, so I was you got some, for that. you got some dogs and I brought the sexy. Yeah. So you got some dogs, but my, my sexy guys have, have a little bit of dog in them. Um, so you're going to, you're going to love this pick. So, 73. Uh, 
so I, I well, I went seventy one. So I got the third, the seventy first pick in the third round in my trade with the Chargers. Um, I couldn't believe that he was sitting there, and I wanted to make sure that I was able to get a wide receiver out of this draft class because the wide receiver class here is completely stacked. And I was able to get what I believe is a top 10 wide receiver out of this draft with the 71st pick overall, which to me is crazy because I thought for sure going into this draft, there'd be like uh, at least 20 wide receivers taken before the end of the third round. And there turns out there, there probably will be, but I was able to get to the top of the third and snag a guy, Chase Claypool. Wide receiver, Notre Dame. How did that happen? I have no idea, dude, but it did. (laughs) Chase Claypool, wide receiver, Notre Dame, 6'4", 238, ran a 4'4", His natural playing weight, he said, is about 230 pounds. He's going to come down a little bit. He was originally from Vancouver, British Columbia, believe it or not. This guy looks like Hollister, like as a physical body type. But he's athletic and as fast as DK Metcalf. Yeah, I mean he he's not as like ripped as Metcalf because no. Met- Metcalf is like he's got muscles out. He just out looks of a little bulkier. He looks like a tight. He looks like it's a receiving tight end. He really does on film. He he does. Yeah, but he's so much faster than. But he moves ever. like a wide receiver. Yeah, and he's gonna play wide receiver in the NFL. And he's got a 40.5-inch uh, vertical, a 10.5-inch broad jump, 19 reps on the bench. He's the best blocking wide receiver in the draft. Pete Carroll loves that. He's mm-hmm. a bully after the catch. Um, I, you know, 66 receptions, uh, over 1,000 yards, 13 touchdowns, 358 yards after the catch. Um Total college production of 150 receptions, 2,150 yards, 14.4 average, 19 touchdowns. That's in a poor quarterback school of Notre Dame, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, I just got tremendous value here and I had to take him. I mean, there were other players that I, I would have considered, especially the defensive tackle class, like you mentioned, Um, the running backs were sitting there still, Cam Akers and some others. And I was like, I gotta take, I gotta, I gotta take something like that. And then uh, he was sitting there, and I had no choice. I had to pull the trigger on that because uh, if you if you have one DK Metcalf in the offense, what's better than one DK Metcalf? Two of them. <laughs> two of them, and that's exactly what we get out of this. Yeah, I mean, you you, you have those two guys and Tyler Lockett and in his speed. Um, and then you add Dorsett and his speed. And basically, the Seahawks would be, therefore, um, trying to relocate the uh, opposing team's safety into Tacoma. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, yeah. No, it would be nuts. And I mean, that's- so I love my first three picks. I mean, it just, just fell to me. And I, it's just one of those things when you do these mocks. Sometimes stuff just kind of falls to you and you just kind of say, well, that was fun. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those deals where this is, this is starting to get really pretty fun for me. So you got your pass rusher. You got a super versatile defensive back that can do defensive everything. Back. And then yep. a super sexy wide receiver that I have a hard time believing will be available uh, at oh, that spot. There's rumors that he's going to go at the top of the second round. And I totally believe that that's probably true. Oh yeah. But I would, Tony I, Pauline had him, had him there mm-hmm. at, you know, 
basically 70, 75. And I was like, okay. You know, what's weird. I was looking at my draft. I'm like, I'm scrolling up. Where is he? Where did he go? Where did he go? And he, he actually went after that. He went way down at, um, where was it? It was 94 to the Packers. Wow. And I was like, wow. no, Interesting. there's no way. There's no way that's, yeah, gonna, that's, that's not going to happen now. Cause then I, you, you yeah, start looking at, happen. at some of the wide receivers that went uh, before him and I'm like, Mm, no, there's like Gabriel Davis from UCF. I'm like, he's not going before him. I agree. Lynn Bowden I totally from agree. There's no way. So Our people are making the same mistake they made with DK Metcalf with this guy. Now he might not have the same dog in him that DK has or the work ethic or whatever. I don't know what is necessarily holding him back from being a, a higher rated uh, player, but he's got tremendous upside. And if you look at his film, he does look like a, receiving tight end he's just big broad-shouldered but he's su- silky smooth when he when he cuts and moves cool no, right. i like that and you you definitely have have gone with the sexy uh positions early in the draft um so then well, ne- pete carroll pete carroll likes to get playmakers yeah he and does. you know in the first three rounds of the draft that's what you're going to try to do so um the next pick would be 101 um and that is a one of the Seattle's native picks, at least native as of uh, when we started the the simulation. And at this point in the draft, I was looking at um, was looking at running back because I know the Seahawks need one. They need because you've got Carson who's who gets banged up a lot because of his running style. Penny's not going to be ready at the beginning of the year. They don't really have much. Um, and so I was just kind of watching, you know, the, the running backs and, and other players. I mean, uh, AJ Green, the cornerback out of Oklahoma state went right before. Otherwise that might've been a pick. Uh, Chase Claypool went at 94. Or that would have definitely easily been the pick. Um, but then AJ Dillon went at 100 to the, to the, Patriots and I was like kind of disappointed. Wow. I was like, oh, so now there's now there's going to be a run on running backs. So I better, I better. Yeah, get to it. and so with Dylan um, off the board, I'm like, okay, well, he was the guy I would really wanted there, and I'm like, let's go see who else is still available. And I'm like, oh, Cam Akers, he's still sitting right there. I thought wow. he would. I uh, in my head, I was, oh, he's probably gone like way before. No, he's still sitting there at 101, uh, and that's was was my pick. So. Uh, with Cam Akers, you get a between the tackles power running guy with breakaway speed. If he can get to the second level, um, just phenomenal running back. I think it's a perfect fit for Seattle's, uh, scheme and need and to get him all the way down at one one and fill that hole on the roster, I think was, uh, kind of a steal. You and I are thinking the exact same way with this pick. I went with Cam Akers running back Florida State <laughs> with pick 101. Yep. I did. In- you know, it's funny. We use the same draft simulator and the same players are available in the same kind of area. So with those native picks, you and I might be thinking the same way. And we certainly were with this because yep. I didn't, I wasn't paying attention to Dylan. The more I looked be- uh, at the differences between Cam Akers and a guy like A.J. Dillon, I think I would rather have Cam Akers on the roster. He's just a guy that's got a little dog to him, fights for everything, always falls forward, carries guys with him. But he's also a guy with a little bit of juice. 
So if he gets the ball on the, to the outside edge, he can turn the corner and he can be gone. He's a home run threat mm-hmm. um, at that uh, four four two. Or excuse me, not a four four two. That's the short shuttle. He had a four four seven forty. That's still fast um, for a running back. That's very fast for his size. you know five ten and three eighths and two seventeen. Plus, he's only twenty one years old. Mm-hmm. He didn't get a lot of reps in college. His offensive line in college was kind of mismatched. Uh, Willie Taggart was his coach there. Awful defense, uh, offensive uh, design um, in general. Uh, didn't get a lot of touches as a receiver out of the backfield, although I think that he could be really, really good at that, especially with that outside edge speed. Um, he's got some bounce, the dynamic cuts, um, the block. He, he's he's good at uh, blocking, um, picking up the, the pass pro type stuff. Um, I just felt like he's really got the best football ahead of him. You know, and so that was an easy pick, and it was filled a great need for the Seahawks. So yeah, I, like I said, I expected him to go way sooner, and then he was sitting there um, right where I needed him to be. Um, and so that yeah, fills a need. Good player, all of the above. Great value, um, just perfect for both of us, and we agree. And I and I believe that when we did our uh, a few shows ago, when we did a mock draft live, and we did it on you know on the air as we went. Um, Cam Akers was a pick about this spot in that draft as well, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. So uh, I think you're up next. You've got that 136 pick that you traded for. Yes. Um, actually, I have 133. Oh, is it? Okay. 133, and that's for... I think we both have 133 yeah. and one... And then I have And then you have 136. Yep. Okay. So um, at 133, uh, I finally... I finally doubled up at, at defensive end. So I got my third defensive lineman, although Uche is probably going to have be more of a linebacker than a defensive lineman, but you're splitting hairs there. Um, but I got my third person, and I got um, Kenny Wilkies, from, uh, the defensive end from Michigan State. Uh, at yeah, he's a dog. Yeah. I like that. He's a guy, super high motor, uh, just absolutely does not stop. Um and just a very, very high effort kind of guy. Um, and on top of that, athletic. So it's not like he's like a guy that you're just going to, oh, yeah, sure, he works hard, but he's, you know, not mm-hmm. athletic. It, to me, it just seemed like a great fit to come in and, and be, um, you know, d- just be another another addition to that defensive end rotation and uh, more pass rush. And this is a team that needs a pass rush. Yeah, no, I really like his motor, and he went to Michigan State. I really like their defense there. Their coaches uh, on the defense at Michigan State are top notch. They teach their guys really well how to how to be football players, and he is a total football player. I mean, first and foremost, you know, he's not the most talented guy. He's not the fastest guy in the draft at four eight seven. But he knows how to use his hands. He knows how to use leverage. He can get around the corner. He's a little bendy um, at that position at 6'3 as well. So he's got good size there. He's a total, um, I would imagine he's a Leo. Uh, He's a little uh, light to play, to set the edge on the base uh, side. And so to me, I I see him as kind of a Leo. And uh, it would be a good good pick i saw him as as kind of situational so he might be the 
uh, Leo in short yardage situations, allowing Uche to back up off the line mm-hmm. and then move over to the other side on, mm-hmm. you know, third and long and obvious passing situation. So you end up with um, an extra rusher, you know, so he would play the five tech in, in those, which gives you a little bit, um, a little bit more, uh, you know, ability to, to come in uh, off the edge and force the quarterback to step up into uh, the interior. Um, Man, you've really, so. you've really improved the defense, you know, with, with the three picks that you have, Uche, Matabuki, and now Wilkie's is tremendous. Uh, I mean, you've added a lot of athleticism, a lot of speed to can, the defensive line. We needed that. Can you, yeah. Can you see what I felt we needed going into the draft? <laughs> well, and you have to kind of let the draft come to you too. And, and you do that with picking Josh Jones, getting that offensive tackle out of the way. Now you can focus on all the defensive stuff and, it seems like the players uh, lined up in, in at least the mocks, the way that the mocks fall and the big boards fall. It seems like the defensive players are easier, easier to come by in the second, third, and fourth round. It's You're pressing to get that filled at 27. I looked out with Chase on getting to, to, to be there, but he's likely not going to be there um, come next Thursday. And so um, it's easier to do that if you drop back in the draft a little. Good job. Okay, you're up next. Oh, oh, that's right. 136. 136. Um, or wait, no, I have no, 133. You I'll have, do my 133. You haven't done 133 yet. All right. My 133, I focus on the defense as well. Um, this time I, I went interior to the defensive tackle position uh, for the Seahawks. So at 133, I chose Leaky Fotu, uh, defensive tackle, Utah. Uh, just a pure run stuffing kind of a defensive uh, tackle. One of the the best interior run stuffing defensive tackles to me in the draft and at 133 it was a tremendous value six five three hundred and thirty six pounds very long he's at 34 and a quarter inch yep. arms uh 10 and five eighths inch hands ran a five one five forty he does give you a little teeny glimmer of penetrating ability uh all pack 12 honors uh 33 tackles five and a uh, half tackles for loss three sacks and that was in 2018, 2019, all pack 12, 13 All-American, 29 tackles, nine tackles for loss, one and a half sacks, two pass breakups. He is long enough to get his arms up. I watched some film on him actually today from the uh, the, the Senior Bowl, and he was uh, got his arms up a couple different times to try to knock down some passes, so that was pretty interesting. But he's just a large-bodied, run-stuffing defensive tackle. Think Attire Rubin, Tony McDaniel, Al Woods, Leaky Fotu. That's basically what you're going to get. 20, 25 years ago, he would have been a first round pick um, because that was the type of thing that was highly valued in, as a defensive tackle and his ability to, to eat blocks and maintain space and not get pushed backwards and, and um, requiring a double team on running plays and uh, that kind of stuff. He's just a pure nose tackle. Um you know, today's NFL where, you know, passing is king and running is secondary, um, he's going to drop and he's going to, you know, getting him at 133. That's about right uh, for a guy like him. But, man, that's a good player. Um, it, it's He's a two-round or two-down uh, lineman. He's going to compete yes. with. Um, right. He's the same. He's going to take the same reps Al Wood took last year. Yeah. And, and, and or compete with uh, Puna Ford for. Um, you know, snaps. And so there you're going to get a lot out of a guy like that. Um, and you know, cause Puna's got not going to play every down. And so there, there's going to be yeah. a rotation. And so he's going to be, uh, in there and, and, 
You're right. It's and I've wanted wood, for so, so long, Keith, and we've we've talked about this. I've wanted for so long for the Seahawks, instead of getting the Rubens, the Daniels, the Woods, to bring a guy in that they can have in a rotation uh, that they can keep under team control for a while and develop in the defense as opposed to a guy just coming in year after year, just kind of like that backup quarterback position. You got a backup tackle position. You just seem to bring in mm-hmm. uh, these old school guys, which is great. It's worked out for the Seahawks, but I'd like a guy to be able to be in there in a rotation with Puna um, and um, Jerron Reed. Would, and I think that's, that trio right there really solidifies the interior. Yeah, All I'm right. with you. For 136, Keith. 136. So this is a pick that I got uh, from the Packers in my trade. And you'll notice that after three straight uh, defensive uh, players, defensive linemen, um, I'm going to go back to the offense. And uh, in this time, like just like you were saying, needing to get something out of this amazing wide receiver class. I went and got John Hightower, the wide receiver out of Boise State at 136. Um, yeah, he's totally underrated. Very underrated. Tall guy um, at 6'3", uh, a little thin uh, for his height, but uh, take the top off the defense kind of speed, good hands, great catch radius, um, everything you'd want except for that, you know, he's a little thin, and so people are worried that he's going to get hurt uh at the next level, but you know, you're down in the fourth round and you're getting a guy that could possibly be a, a starter in this league at that, at that spot. To me, he's a um, huge yeah. upgrade over David Moore uh, in that role. Well, this guy's, you know, got a, got nice speed at four, four, three, right? So he's six, one 189 pounds. Um, he's, but he's got that speed. He can probably do some return duty for you. He's produced a lot of big plays for Boise State. He can high point the ball, so he's a nice red zone target. 51 receptions, 943 yards, eight touchdowns. Um, I like it. I mean, at that point in the draft, this is, to me, he's like in that second tier wide receivers, Um, you know, somewhere in that zone. So you're getting a guy in the fourth round at this value. Um, He's probably a top 25 overall wide receiver in the class is, is really decent. Probably would go, say, round three in a normal wide receiver class draft. Yeah, but this is not a normal wide receiver class draft. This is a um, very deep, very talented wide receiver uh, class. And so um, wide receivers that normally would go mid-round three are going to drop into mid-round four. And that's what happened with Hightower here. So um, my pick... I'll go at 144 first. Mm -hmm. Um, I turned my attention back to the defensive line on this pick as well. Um, I had uh, Chase on uh, with with pick 127 overall, and then I went the defensive tackle route with uh, Fotu. Went back to the defensive line with this pick just because of the value that was on the board. Um, I wasn't planning necessarily going defensive end here, but I did. Alton Robinson, defensive end Syracuse, 6'3", 264, Ran a 4'6", 4'40", 35-and-a-half-inch vertical, uh, 9'11 broad jump. The 7'3", uh, 3-cone, and the 4'3", short shuttle are outstanding for this size. Um, I just think that he's just got that a little bit of that twitch 
uh, and offers you some some nice disruption. At that point in the draft, I thought it was really good upside value. And, um, you know, he needs some coaching. He needs some strength. Uh, but he's got all the tools. Um, he just needs to put it all together. And it's not like he was a terrible player in college, but he's got some upside, just needs a little bit of work. And I think he has got a lot of potential to unlock. Yeah. I like that pick. Um, just, yeah. I mean, this is, this is a pick where, um, the CX got to go that route as far as loading up on, on bodies in the front seven. Um, they just need, guys they need some they need to get younger they need to get faster and um i really like that pick uh, it's like that kind of speed at that size it's hard to come by it is especially at that that range in the draft it's just you got to take it when you can all right what do you got so in that same pick um there i went like i had like this is one of those spots where i kind of wish that we were allowed to do more than one trade because I mm-hmm. didn't have anybody here that I really loved. Um, and so I took, you know, I took a moment and was like, okay, well, who am I going to get? I went and, and um, picked um, Mackay or no, it's Michael. Um, K-A-L, not K-A-I. Um Michael Walker, inside linebacker out of Fresno State, is a guy that played outside linebacker, um, you know, in college and showed great, uh, you know, pass rush moves and and uh, in in that three four defense and and showed that he could do that kind of stuff. Moved inside as a senior, um, proved to be a tackling machine, a leader. He was the guy that quarterback the defense. Uh, the way Bobby Wagner does in Seattle. Um, he's got all the athleticism of a 3-4 outside linebacker and all the smarts of a 3-4 inside linebacker. Um, and I thought that would be a great fit in Seattle because he can play, um, he can rush the passer, he can play the weak or the middle linebacker spot. He's basically um, Cody Barton again. Um, and to have the team be able to go and have yet another good, solid uh linebacker that's super versatile uh that can play special teams that can become a starter in a year or two or if somebody gets hurt he could fill in right now um you just can't have enough guys like that nice i mean any i think you know we're uh a little short at linebacker uh, especially if you can find a guy that can play inside or outside for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've got some scheme diversity there. Um, I think it's a good pick, you know, especially with uh, Kendrick's gone now. Um, it seems like we've got a little bit of room on the roster to maybe bring somebody in. Um, and a special guy that can play special teams uh, would be outstanding at that, at that value. So, so that was Michael Walker. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So let's see who's up next, Keith. So the next pick is where are we? Um, so after, I'm at one fifty one with yep. my trade, and that's you. So you're at one right. fifty one. So I picked pick. up uh, five one fifty one. The first of my th- uh, three picks I got from the Chargers. Uh, I I again here I am in the draft and um I don't know exactly what my strategy is and I'm really at this point I'm kind of looking best player available and I didn't have to look very far it was just sitting right up there at the top of my draft board um, when I made the selection and I was like this just can't be 
because uh, I fully expected this guy to go to the top of the fourth round, maybe the back of the third, and he was sitting there at 5-151. Now, it's top of the fifth round, but still, uh, Robert Hunt, the uh, right tackle from Louisiana, 6'5", 336, three and a, uh, 33 and a half inch arms, 82-inch wingspan. He probably projects as being a right guard in the uh, in the NFL, Robert Hunt. Um Injured groin limited him to seven games in 2019. Uh, that that position change coming up for him, uh, sliding inside, probably allowed him to fall a little bit in the draft. Uh, but he's got all the athletic traits that you look at and the raw ability. Um, you know, I I see him as being a a future starting offensive guard. I mean, he plays with a with a meanness and an edge and a nasty demeanor. Um, that you want to have with an interior guy and, and See, uh, is a uh, true road grader. I will, I will, I will double up on that and say he is, he would come in on day one and be better than a Fetty at right tackle. I'd play him at right tackle. Wow. Because wow. he, because unlike a Fetty whose feet were, uh, you know, encased in concrete, uh, Hunt can move his feet. I mean, his footwork's yeah. a little sloppy, and he he needs some yeah. technique well, a improvement. Couple, a couple of but things. his feet are actually quicker. I I like him. I think you'd be. I mean, he's a big dude that can move. Yeah. There's no question. But a couple of things. So um, another thing that pushed him down. There's two other things. He was suspended for a bit of time in 2017 for a felony theft charge mm-hmm. that was later reduced and then dismissed after a diversion program. And then he's going to be 24 years old in the 2020 season. So he's an older prospect. Um, but he did have a formal interview at the Combine with the Seattle Seahawks. So yeah. they, he's on the radar. So we'll see. Yeah. But and yeah, I mean, at that point in the draft, dude, yeah, it's a, it's a value pick. It's a huge value pick. Um, yeah, I, I really like that pick. That's a great one. That's a right tackle of, uh, you know, for the next few years uh, to me. And if um, they decide to move him into guard, okay, then he's the right guard for the next few years. But uh, at this point, that's still just a great pick. All right. So I'm trying to figure out who's up next. I think I am at 175. Yep. Um, Because that's one of the picks that I... Uh, got in the my trade in round one, and in that I went in a similar direction to where you just went. I uh, went back to the offensive line and got um, Jonah Jackson, the guard from Ohio State. Honestly, I have no idea how he's available at one seventy five. This is a um, he's probably just like right around a top one hundred player in this draft. Um, Big, powerful guy, moves well laterally, gets to the second level well, um, you know, mirrors linebackers so that way he doesn't miss at the second level. Um, Just overall what you want in a guard. Um, And for him to be there at 175, I'm looking at a guy that he's going to challenge um, all of, you know, Hayes and, and... Fluker and Lupati and all the guys that are currently on the roster at guard for playing time. Cause this is a guy that, that can, he's just the, he's just a mean guy who can uh, block and has good technique. So I think um, it's a good pick at, at 175 to get a guy that late 
that's that good is just surprising. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a great pick. He's a little um, less long than I think the Seahawks like, but at that point in the draft, you're looking for guys. And, and who did they choose last time that didn't fit all their physical profiles? Uh, Jones. Um, just because he's just a solid, good lineman, right, from Ohio State. Um, and uh, this is another of one of those guys that just knows how to play football, right? And maybe doesn't have all the physical stuff that they're looking for, but he just he's good at what he does. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, I think I had the next pick, um, in my trade with San Diego. Uh, this is my second pick from them that I picked up at, uh, uh, sixth round 186 overall. I was looking for a corner at this spot and I, so I went up and down my uh, draft board list and I, and I found the best guy, um, that I could find. And it was, uh, Legeria Sneed. Uh, cornerback, Louisiana Tech, six foot one ninety two, uh, ran a four three seven forty forty one inch vertical, ten and eleven inches at the broad jump. He also can play free safety as well. The reason that I picked him is that uh, I watched tape on him. He's a total slot cover corner. Uh, he can play free safety. I mentioned that. Uh, Justin Coleman, he comps to Justin Coleman. Uh, Coleman was 5'11 with 31 and a quarter inch arms at 185. This guy's got 31 and three eighths inch arms. Um, he's very similar in size. He's got the quickness. He's got the coverability. Um, he's got the footwork and the, and the quick twitchiness to change direction, all that kind of stuff. So I was just looking for a developmental guy. I got to come in and compete with Amadi for some playing time. Um, and a guy that we could develop. No, I like it. And he comps, um, yeah, Justin Coleman was such a good, he was such an underrated player, good player. I agree. Um, And um, someone they need. And actually, so in the next, my next pick, I went in the same direction um, with another kind of similar player. uh, And that would have been uh, Harrison Hand at 214, um, 5'11", uh, 31 and three quarters inch arms, which is a little less than, you know, than the 32 that they typically look for, um, 197. But man, this is a guy athletically just, um, you know, 41 inch vertical, 133 inch, uh, broad jump, you know, good nice. three cone, short shuttle, um, you know, four, five, uh, two, uh, 40, just overall, like this is a guy that just screams um, inside slot corner. And mm-hmm. um, a year ago, he would have been a massive upgrade to Jamar Taylor, who they had. Um, and so even though Amadi comes in as the presumed starter now, uh, having a hand ready to go and be in to compete for playing time, play special teams, um, and, you know, in just be another guy that can, can get the job done as a slot guy. I think they finally uh, realized how important that slot corner position is after last year. And that's why I went with hand at there at two fourteen. Yeah. You and I are kind of were thinking the same thing. I mean, just get a guy, come in, compete. Uh, if there's one spot after we traded for Dunbar that the, that the team could use in that, um, in that defensive back room, it's a nice slot cover corner, a true corner. Mm-hmm. Um, Amadi's kind of switching back and forth between safety and corner. And 
um, playing up in the box and dropping back in coverage. This guy is really a true slot cover corner and um, having a guy like that on the rosters. I think it's, they probably end up getting somebody either in the draft or undrafted free agent to come in and compete at that spot. So nice pick. So who do you have there? All right. So at 214, um, I stuck with a guy that I've been kind of sticking with uh, in all of our draft conversation for the last month and a half. And that's uh, quarterback Kelly Bryant out of Missouri, 6'3", 229. I've been talking about him enough. I don't need to keep going on him. Uh, just a <laughs> developmental quarterback to come in and learn the system, uh, stay on the practice squad probably, um, and be protected so that we can develop him long term. And uh, this is my guy. Yeah, and at 214, I mean, that's what those those um, super late round picks are for, right? Um, uh, exactly, exactly. Do you have any more picks or are you done? Uh, I do. So I've got... Um, I've got 220. So I picked up uh, 220 from the, the Chargers. So I do have my last pick. Okay, because I've got one more, but it's now down at 236. So what did you get at 220? All right. So this is one of my favorite picks, actually, um, out of the draft. Uh, I went back to the well in the wide receiver class, and I found uh, I found a guy that is at this pick. I, I thought that he would go much earlier, and I was shocked to actually see him on the board. Um, and that's Quez Watkins, wide receiver out of Southern Miss, six foot, 185 pounds, 32 and seven eighths arms. So he's long four, three, five, 40 second fastest in the class this year, 36 and a half inch vertical, 10, 10 and a quarter inch broad jump, 80 inch wingspan, uh, the fastest 10 yard split in the draft class. Um, this guy comps to Paul Richardson. Yeah, it or not. that's exactly where I was going with. When uh, you... Almost identical size athleticism and playing style to Paul Richardson. And he returns punts and kicks. So there's that. Um, so he gives you a tremendous special teams value at the, you know, at the top end of the seventh round. This is a guy that's probably a, would end up sticking on the roster just because we don't have a guy like this yep. um, currently on the roster. Yes, he, he's tiny and thin and he doesn't look quite like a football player, you know, when he's out there compared <laughs> to right. other guys. Cause, exactly. Cause exactly. he just, he just doesn't have the bulk that you'd expect, but man, the guy flies. But he's a track star. He yeah. flies. Um, and uh, I like that pick, especially down at, you know, two twenty. Do you remember that kid we got from Louisiana as an undrafted free agent quite a while ago? Uh, great. I think it was na- his last name was Grayson. Something like that. Yes. He was kind of an undrafted guy that track was just star. a track star. This is that guy. Yeah. So there's, there's nothing wrong with having a guy like that on your roster to see if it works. Yeah. And it's because in else. the NFL, speed rules. Yeah, well, yeah. And you, so you bring a guy like that in and you go ahead and stick him um, on the practice squad uh, for a year and you let him develop. And then you see a year from now what you have in him. And is he ready for, um, you know, for NFL, like, stuff you think he'll he'll stick this year um that being their second wide receiver and i like the wide receiver group um that they've already got and then you know you added a great one earlier uh i would say he probably is going to stick as a practice squad guy but um still it's a good pick and a guy that you know you 
so much upside, so much upside. You just got to be patient and wait to see what you Yeah, there's you get certain there's certain uh, big boards that have him ranked in the top 25 in the draft class at wide receiver. I'm not sure about that, but he's clearly like a top, you know, 40 wide receiver in the in the class and um gives you that speed that's unrivaled. Um, you know, this year from from wide receiver group and who knows. That's just one of those picks. He's the best guy on the board. Um, and that was kind of where I went it just best guy on the board. Cause at this point I, I checked all the boxes, um, that I wanted except for maybe a tight end, but I wasn't really sold on having to get a tight end because of the way the roster looks. And, um, so I was like, okay, who's the best player left? Cause I'm at two thirty six, So at the end of round seven, um, and I ended up with Lamar Jackson. No, not the quarterback. Um, uh, nice. but the, I love that pick. But the cornerback, um, big, tall guy um, at 6'2", uh, good, long speed, great, just set up to be, um, you know, that outside cornerback in uh, Seattle's cover three system. It's just a great fit for uh, the team in terms of scheme. And um, to get him at the end of round seven is just surprising. Yeah, this is the perfect developmental quarterback for the uh, the Seahawks. Good size and and speed. So you've got a guy that's 6'2", 208, or 210, or whatever he is, Keith. Guy that can play press, coverage. I mean, think, you know, Richard Sherman, at least as far as size and and, uh, weight. Um, So a guy that's long, that can play. You know, there's certain um, draft blogs out there that have him rated higher than quite a quite a few of the other prospects and going in the fourth round. Uh, um, so to get him in the seventh is CBS, crazy. CBS, when their aggregate board has him at 107, and so to get him at 236, I was like, done. Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. I mean. As a senior, he had 40 tackles, three interceptions, one sack, two forced fumbles, and 12 pass defenses. Um, in 2018, he had 28 stops, two picks, and seven pass breakups. Um, I just I just think it's great, you know. Uh, he just needs some coaching. He needs to be coached up, you he, know, and guys like that need a little bit of time, and you marinate those guys on the practice squad a little bit, and you never know. You bring them in. Maybe they're special team standouts. And it works. Yeah. And so I looked at, at him and and I think part of the reason why he falls um, in some of these simulations is he is not scheme diverse across the league. There are, if you don't play. That's exactly right. If you aren't playing either a cover two or a cover three as your um, primary coverage scheme, he's not for you. You're you're gonna move. You're he's probably not. Yeah, he needs help. He needs help Um, on the back back end for sure. He's a guy that if you are playing a cover two or a cover three, and you can let him just be a zone defender, especially one that starts off in in press coverage and jams a receiver and then bails and just and just tries to get back and get deep and 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 cover that third of the field. um, He'll be he'll be fine. But you're asking him to to mirror and play man 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 um, man to man coverage against you know, some of the different receivers in this league, he's going to struggle. So he's, he, there's probably five teams uh, in the league that play a style of defense that he fits really well for, and he'll do well on those teams and he will do poorly on any of the other teams. So yeah, 
and to get him at the end of round seven, I'm I was game for that. That that seemed like a almost a no brainer pick. Well, we both ended up with ten picks. We took completely separate routes to get there, uh, but we both I think ended up with really decent drafts. You know, I thought this show went went better than our live mock as far as the quality of picks that we were able to get at the time, um, and and obviously better researched. Uh, but <laughs> <You laughs> but think, uh, um... yeah, but I like the. I mean, the first four, your first four picks, and my first four picks. I think we knocked out of the park. Yeah, because so I I ended up with um, uh, Josh Jones, the offensive tackle, uh, Josh Uche, the outside linebacker, pass rusher, uh, Justin Matabuke, the pass rushing defensive tackle, um, and then Cam Akers, the running back from Florida. Um, You ended up with, well, just go through and roll through them. Well, I I ended up with um, Caleb on chase on the edge defender at 27. I then chose Jeremy Chin at 264, Chase Claypool at 371, and Cam Akers, uh, we shared that pick at uh, the 3101 overall. I mean, to me, uh, either one of those drafts I would be completely happy with. Yeah, um, it's just a, a good group of talented guys that can make an immediate impact with those first yeah those are all all those four picks are immediate impacts all eight picks you know that we just talked about are immediate impact kind of guys that's why i think seattle comes out of this draft looking pretty decent at least Mm -hmm. through the 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 first hundred picks um if we can somehow trade back and get one more pick like close to 100 or thereabouts and have five picks in the top 100 110 that would be tremendous work for schneider because there's just a lot of value up there mm-hmm. um you're going to get guys that are going to be able to come in and immediately compete uh and probably two or three starters um oh, absolutely. And that's that's the best you can ask for in a, in a draft this is a good draft class it, it's it's one it's of the solid. best wide receiver draft classes we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, but it's a good draft class overall. There is this nice pocket of talent um, starting about... Through about 150 picks. I was going to say, yeah, starting at about pick um, 40 down to like 100. There's like 60 players in there that are all about the same quality and that quality mm-hmm. is higher than it is normally. Um, that is just a place you want as many picks in that. I agree. As you can absolutely find. And um, the Seahawks already have a bunch, right? Uh, and then they're, they're just going to add more. It's to me, this is a good, um, a good draft for them. Uh, a lot of it lines up with what they need. And um, yeah, well, and that's why I see them uh, trading out of that 27th pick unless something crazy happens like what happened to me in this in this thing and you, you're able to stay there and grab a, a, a premier uh, all-pro kind of a, of a talent uh, mm-hmm. potentially. Um, otherwise, I'd see them, you know, it, it either uh, doing a small trade back like you did to 30 or getting into the, 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 the first 10 picks of the second round. So you want to be, you know, say bel- uh, below 40 somewhere in there and pick up three picks in the middle rounds, especially if one of them is, um, you know, is in the top 100 and then a couple of picks, maybe a, a pick in the fifth round and a pick in the seventh where you're not at currently, that would be a tremendous 
trade back value for the Seahawks. And I could totally see them doing that. And I, I couldn't see them not doing that, basically. Um, if they had to trade back like I did from 59 or, or 64 to pick up those picks, I don't think you're going to get quite the value, but you can still make the draft work mm-hmm. um, depending on what they can get at 27. So, that, Actually, you know, it, it takes trade trade partners, though, too. Yeah, you, the getting Chase on at 27 made trading down from 59 work. Um, because it did, that's correct. You've already, you've, you've filled your biggest need and you did it without reaching for a guy that doesn't belong at that draft slot. You got a guy that belongs at a much higher draft slot. Um, so you got great, you got correct. You got incredibly great value and filled the team's biggest need, which meant that even though, you know, you were trading down at 59 and, and, you know, trying to make it work as far as, uh, actually making up the picks you wanted, you were able to let the draft come to you. And that's why it worked so well. Um, because chase on being there at 27 is just, a, that's a killer like pickup. Well, I mean, if, if that pick was there and Seattle made it, uh, John Schneider would be a, at least a hero for six months uh, until, uh, everyone saw uh, chase on play and he was a rookie and he made his, you know, rookie mistakes and he didn't get to the quarterback as much as people wanted him to. But, uh, <laughs> at first John Schneider would be a hero cause a, he stayed at 27, made a pick and B it was a player that had tremendous upside and, and was the edge. So he, he killed, you know, two or three birds with one stone, so to speak. Um, you know, everyone wants, uh, Schneider to move up or to stay there at the pick and make this, you know, really sexy pick. But all, all honesty, the picks between, <clears throat> let's just say 25 and 40 are pretty equal in value, Keith, you know, really. And yeah. you're, you're, you're better inclined to pick up some value in, in additional picks and get a guy that has similar value that you're not pressing for that kind of fits, you know, what you, what you need can you do both at the same time. And I totally see John Schneider doing that again this year. Yeah. But with chase on dropping, that's true. You had you, like, you, you don't, that's like the one situation. That's correct. Where you don't. That um, is correct. And for me, like when I dropped down to 30 um, and picked up, you know, those uh, four picks, if we didn't have the rule that said we could, only to make one trade, I probably would have dropped down from uh, 30 down to like 33 or 34 and moved yep. up, um, moved like the 136 that I used to pick uh, John Hightower, the, the wide receiver, and try and get back up around around pick 100, either you know just above or just below, yes. um, and get another pick there because I think I would have gotten a, a better player in that range, but I didn't need to. Um, and the fact that Josh Jones was sitting there, this, I cannot believe that he would go 30 and he's not going to go like 18 or, you know, somewhere. What would you do if Austin Jackson was sitting there at 27? Would you have the same feeling of being okay if the Seahawks stayed there? Or would you still trade out of that pick? It depends on who else was also there. Because if Austin Jackson is there, I want him on the team. But if Austin Jackson and Josh Jones are both sitting there, at that spot and you know that whoever you're trading with is not coming up to get one of those two guys, then you go, okay, well, we can move from 27 to 30 knowing that, um, you're going to get one of them. You're going to get one of the two, right? Um, because whoever's coming up is coming up to get someone else. And so then, 
um, you get one of those two guys there and you, it really depends too on, you know, that's your, that's your board. That's your thinking. Seattle's board, obviously, as we know, very different, completely different. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Anything else? No, I think this was fun. I like, I always love these. This uh, was, this was a great show. This is great picks. I'm glad it worked out the way it did. Um, so coming up, uh, Thursday, we're going to do a question and answer show, uh, on the day, the first day of the draft, we're going to record early in the morning and get it out, uh, by, you know, noon or so on draft day so that you guys have a chance to listen to something, uh, before we start making the picks. So send your questions in, uh, draft related, player related, uh, GM related, coach related, whatever it is. Uh, and we'll try to get to them, uh, in the show. We already had one uh, come in today, um, on Twitter. So, uh, get them in and we'll answer them. Keith, anything else before we head out? No, I'm so ready for this week and, and, and I know let's get this thing done. Draft week is like, this is so much fun. It's just so much fun. And I'm, uh, I'm glad that the NFL has managed to, uh, keep this together and keep um, giving us something sports to talk about and watch and do and all of that because you know the sports world has been shut down worldwide and so this just gives us um, something fun and yeah I'm excited well, I noticed for it. too they invited like 45 prospects um, to the draft quote unquote and what that means is the NFL sent out these draft kits to each one of those players that enables them to do a live feed from their living room. Uh, they've asked that they not have any uh, larger grouping uh, than six people uh, at each household. And I thought that was really nice that they were able to kind of logistically plan for this, uh, sit down some guidelines uh, so that the players can still have the experience. Uh, the, the, the fans kind of get uh, the, the excitement going because uh, when you see prospects excited about going to a team, uh, that's awesome. And, um, it'll be interesting though. I mean, logistically it's a nightmare. Let's just, it just, it is, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, having, uh, all the picks called out by the commissioner, uh, is not optimal. Um, but let's just see how it goes. It's just one year, hopefully. And we'll get this thing behind us. The picks will still be made. We can all still be excited. We'll still come back on Monday uh, next week, and we'll be talking about them you know, the, the following week after the draft. We'll, we'll come back. We'll talk about all the players that we have, and it'll seem normal for a little while, you know. And then we'll figure out what happens with the season. But let's do. Let's wait until this is over. Let's give this all the attention it deserves, and we'll just go from there. So, until next time uh, on Thursday, follow Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. I'm at NW Seahawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook. SeahawksPlaybook.com is the show. Uh, website for all of the uh, past shows uh, and all the content that you need. You can subscribe from there as well uh, to any of your favorite podcast apps. So until next week, go Hawks. Hawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Podcasts or listen at our website, hawksplaybook.com. Follow us on Twitter. Bill is at NWCHawk. Keith is at Myers NFL, and the show is at Hawks Playbook. See you next week, and go Hawks!
Sports Social Podcast Network.